What up, family? It's episode 115 of The Genius Life. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Genius Life. I'm your host, Max Lugavere, a filmmaker, a health and science journalist, and the author of the New York Times best-selling book, Genius Foods. I'm super excited to welcome you to this episode of the show in which I welcome Dr. Scott Greenberg, MD. Dr. Greenberg specializes in holistic and comprehensive approaches to sports medicine, regenerative orthopedics, chronic pain, arthritis, and post-concussion syndrome. Using a comprehensive approach, including methods like PRP or platelet-rich plasma, which is something that I knew very little about going into this interview, uh, Dr. Greenberg has had tremendous success in treating patients from all around the world, including a lot of professional athletes with a a wide variety of problems. So I'm super excited for you to listen to this episode of the show in which we talk about PRP and its potential utility in treating a wide variety of injuries. Um, We also talk about its potential as an anti-aging agent. And then we go on to discuss various micronutrients like vitamin D and magnesium and the importance of staying hydrated. Um, Hydration is super uh, crucial. And um, Yeah, we talk about the anti-aging movement and chronic inflammation and how that is sort of a unifying theory of modern chronic disease and even potentially aging itself and so much more. So this is going to be a uh, a masterclass in anti-aging medicine. One of my favorite chats uh, to date, Dr. Greenberg is a very, very intelligent dude, as you will soon find out. And this episode of the show is actually sponsored by my good friends at Halo Sport. You might remember I had Robin Chobin, who is a lady entrepreneur on the show a couple of months back. She's the founder of Halo Sport, uh, which is a sports drink. It's an electrolyte-packed sports beverage that I happen to be a huge fan of. Um, it is a sugar, it's largely sugar-free. It has, I think, two grams of sugar per bottle, which come from fresh squeezed lemon. Uh, and it's stevia sweetened, and it contains a wide array of important electrolytes, including significantly magnesium, which you usually won't see on the Nutrition Facts label of sports drinks. Um, again, it is a uh, very, very low sugar. It's about 10 calories per bottle and uh, tastes great. I'm a huge fan of Halo Sport. Uh, as you'll soon find out, and so is Dr. Greenberg. And so they linked us up, and we had this great chat about all things um, health and longevity and uh, PRP and injury treatment and so much more. So, yeah, I'm excited to uh, to dive in. And if you'd like to check Halo Sport out, you can go to halosport.com, H-A-L-O sport.com. Uh, and uh, check out their beverages. I love them. They've got, you know, a nice hit of sodium, which you need after sweating vigorously. And if you use code MAX when ordering, you are actually going to be participating in a one-for-one program where for every case of Halo Sport that you order from Halo Sport, they're going to donate a case to frontline workers at NYU Langone Health Center in New York City, which is crucially important because uh, they, you know, healthcare workers need to be hydrated too in order to perform optimally. And I chose NYU Langone because that was a hospital that li- that I lived across the street from in New York City um, when my mom was very ill. And uh, and so yeah, there's um, it's really cool that they're doing this. So thank you, Halo Sport, HaloSport.com. Check them out. And yeah, again, this is just an episode that I've. Um, some of my favorite episodes on the show have been the ones in which I learn, uh, you know, and this is one of those episodes. So strap on your seatbelts and yeah, get excited. Now, before we dive in, I want to give a shout out to iTunes user Fortunate Penguin, who left this review for the show on iTunes. Fortunate Penguin wrote the best five stars, by the way. I've listened to my fair share of podcasts and The Genius Life has quickly become my favorite. In two weeks, I've listened to 108 episodes. So that should tell you how great it is. There is so much misinformation about nutrition and health out there. Max has a special way of really getting down to the issues that matter with his guests and boiling down complex nutrition data and information to form that to a form that's so understandable and actionable for people. I'm really grateful for this podcast because it has genuinely changed how I live my life every day. Thank you for putting out such a great podcast. Well, Fortunate Penguin, uh, I'm doing it for you. And thank you so freaking much for that review. 
I mean, you wrote three paragraphs. That was like almost an essay. And I'm so appreciative and so grateful. And to all you guys out there who've taken a moment out of your busy lives to leave a rating for the show on iTunes, to leave a review. I notice all the ratings. I read all the reviews. Um, I welcome your feedback. And uh, yeah, I just appreciate you. So thank you so much for showing up and supporting the show and spreading the word about it on social media. It means a lot. And that is the reason why The Genius Life is growing like crazy. We're about to hit 5 million downloads and the guests keep getting better and better. I keep getting better and better. You guys are getting better and better. And yeah, all around, it's just win, win, win. So thank you. Join my newsletter, maxlugavir.com. Join my text message community by texting 310-299-9401. Whether you're on my newsletter or my text message community, I never spam, no spam ever. I don't give your information out to anybody. It's just one-on-one, you and me, Uh, and, um, yeah, I respect your private information and you can opt out at any time. So thank you. And yeah, I think that's it. Greetings from Santa Monica. Without further ado, here is Dr. Scott Greenberg, MD. Dr. Greenberg, thanks for being on the genius life. How you doing? Doing great today. How are you? I'm doing well. Where, where are you at the moment? I'm actually in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. Uh, and I am sitting on my uh, front porch, which I'm fortunate has kind of uh, wisteria growing all over it. So it's really like a nice, cool place to be this time of day. That's nice. Getting getting your vitamin D. Getting some vitamin D and also getting some fresh air and out in nature. I like One that. Of my favorite things to do. I like that. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. We were linked up by our friends at Halo Sport, which makes a yes. uh, they make a, a wonderful line of electrolyte infused rehydration beverages that I've been enjoying. Um, every time I finish a sauna, I have, I have a bottle. And uh, and they linked me with you because you're an anti-aging expert. You do a lot of work with PRP and stem cells. And so I'd love to just pick your brain for an hour. How's, how does that sound? That sounds great. So what are the kinds so, of things for my, yeah, for my listeners? What, what kinds of things do you, um, do you see and treat in your, in your clinic? So I take care of a lot of people who have chronic pain problems, arthritis, rotator cuff tears, meniscal injuries, uh, a lot of chronic back pain and neck pain, and some people who have nerve damage who have already had surgery. And unfortunately, most of my patients have kind of exhausted most of their options, and I have to figure out what's wrong with them and be able to use different regenerative techniques, Max, in order to help to regenerate different damages, whether it's in the joint or nerve or tendons, and try to solve these complex problems for my patients. And, um, you know, it's really uh, a blessing because a lot of these people have no hope and we can offer, you know, usually offer them a treatment that can be very successful and help them get out of their chronic pain. So... Um, I got into it because I was hit by a drunk driver when I was 18 years old. And I kind of tell this story to everyone that, you know, I wanted to be a retinal surgeon when I was a kid because my grandmother had macular degeneration, which is a problem with their, with circulation in the eyes to where the retina dies off. So I wanted to be a doctor to solve blindness. And when I was 18 years old, though, I got hit by this drunk driver at 75 miles an hour. And my life changed after that. And I couldn't really see as well as I thought I should. When I went to do my ophthalmology rotation in medical school, I couldn't actually look into someone's eyes. So there was no way I was going to be a retinal surgeon. And my pain just got worse throughout the years to where it became excruciating. I had these crushing headaches that would wake me up out of my sleep. And my neck would hurt. My back would hurt. My ankle would hurt. And no one had really given me any solution to this. And 10 years had gone by. So I was 28 years old. I was just living in agony day to day. I don't even know how I got through college and medical school and residency, but I just did. And um, I discovered that there were ways to actually regenerate your damage using your body's immune system. And I started to learn about these treatments. And this was really before the age of the Internet. So you had to do a lot more research and and try to network and find someone who knew things about this. And actually found out that Dr. Coop, who was the old Surgeon General, he had a treatment similar to this in the 1960s. And he later became my patient um, 
we needed some more treatment in the 2000s, but um, the treatment that he had seemed very plausible in regards to a mechanism of action. And since I'm a holistically minded person, it worked with the body rather than against the body. And I did these injections in the base of my skull and the back of my neck, which I know to your listeners is going to sound a little bit crazy that I did it to myself and, and, but I was desperate. It was three o'clock in the morning. The first time I did it, I was writhing in pain. I was tired of living with it. And within four months of treatment, I kind of solved my problems. And that's how I started doing all this 21 years ago. That's, so, wow, that's incredible. And, yeah. you, and so you, you injected yourself with, with PRP? Back then, I used something called prolotherapy, which is a dextrose solution. And what, ha what happens is the dextrose acts as a stimulus for the immune system by a chemical property known as osmosis. And that stimulation by the immune system will bring in healing factors into the damaged area and cause damage to rebuild itself over time. Um, we do things more elegantly today using PRP and stem cells, which is kind of directly placing those growth and healing factors into the damaged area and making things heal. And the nice thing about it, since it's not really pain medicine, it doesn't wear off. It's actually rebuilding the damage that's causing the pain. So thank God, like I said, for 21 years, I've, I've done very, very well personally and have treated thousands and thousands of patients from all over the world uh, with these types of techniques and have had very good results um, and often with pretty complex cases. That's incredible. So w what is it yeah. about dextrose? Dextrose is a sugar, right? It's a sugar, but in high concentration in a localized area. Um, and we're not talking about sugar all over the body because you and I know sugar is not good for the body and for inflammation as a as a healthy type of thing. So, but a concentrated high amount of dextrose injected specifically into a tendon area will cause that tendon area to release what's known as, as cytokines. And there's all kinds of cytokines. There's cytokines that are very harmful, like we've heard about with COVID, uh, like the cytokine storm that people get that causes them to die. But cytokines are also involved in the healing process, they're just different types of cytokines. And these cytokines are basically triggering the immune system to cause healing. So just like you sprain your ankle, your ankle gets a little bit sore, it gets a little swollen, but it doesn't stay, stay sprained forever. It actually starts to heal, and that's because of these healing cytokines come to the area, and it's your immune system that basically makes things heal and makes them regenerate. That's fascinating. So is it is it basically creating like an acute and localized inflammatory response? More or less, yes. Wow. More but that, or less, and that, yes. And that's also why consuming sugar, in, you know, inflames your whole body, which is counterproductive to good health. But I guess when you have an injured part of your body, um, you, you know, maybe you can attract those cytokines to the area, which then might sort of uh, get the ball rolling on the healing process. That's correct. And look, we're talking about less amounts of sugar than someone would normally consume, especially your average, you know, your average American consumption of sugar is, an, what is it, 60 pounds or something like that per year, something amazing. It's so, yeah, 66 pounds of added sugar per person per year. Right. So we're nowhere near that. Uh, obviously, you know, we're using localized concentrations of it. And but again, you know, using things like PRP instead, where you actually take the healing factors directly out of the patient's blood and inject it in is actually a, a much more efficient way of doing things. And um, meaning that there's less inflammation, more healing. So it's a better situation and you're not using as much dextrose, obviously. That's so cool. So, so what? Yeah, so, so it's really, really cool. Really cool. What is um, PRP? I mean, we've talked, we've we've mentioned it a few times, but what is it? So PRP is essentially something known as platelet-rich plasma, and the reason why people are interested in platelets is because of healing, you know, whether it's wound healing or or what have you. The platelets contain different granules inside them that release healing factors that basically are immune triggers. So 
the body is a really nice thing in the way it's designed because everything works in concert. And drug companies like to look for one specific chemical or identify one specific thing that they want to use. But with the body, we want to use a whole concerted effort because that's how the body works. For example, the body may use something called IL-6 and IL-10 and PDGF together. These are just different names for growth factors that do different things rather than us isolating one compound. So PRP is essentially where we take the person's blood and we extract the platelets and growth factors out of the blood and then we perform you know, injections into damaged areas in order to stimulate the healing process. And the nice thing about it is even though some things are inflammatory, some things are anti-inflammatory. For example, there are components in the PRP that when injected into someone's knee help to retard inflammation and retard the progression of arthritis while on the same aspect um, promoting regeneration of cartilage. Now, it can't regenerate cartilage as much as stem cells can, but it's still moving in the right direction to something that helps to protect the cartilage rather than injuring it. And as you may know, traditional medicine right now is using a tremendous amount of cortisone, and cortisone actually can harm your joints over time, in addition to harming your body. Um, it actually accelerates the arthritic process if it's done too often. So we try to, to stay away from things like cortisone. So the main phase of arthritis treatment with traditional medicine would be using cortisone and a lot of these um, gel shots, which the fancy medical term for is visco-supplementation. But the problem is, is that medical studies have shown that both visco-supplementation and cortisone injections, if they do work, which often they don't work, they don't really last very long and it's not really providing a lot of relief for the person. So, you know, it's not the way that I do things. And most of my patients have already had these injections and aren't getting very far with them. So, but, you know, this is, you know, but I think that there's a better way of doing things. Um, the difference is, is that some of these treatments also are, like cortisone is a blanket treatment. You inject it in there, it's going to spread all around and it doesn't require a tremendous amount of technical skill. Whereas something like PRP, if it's done correctly, it's not just one injection into a damaged area. As I mentioned, I'm a holistic guy, and you know I was learning about like chemical uh, compounds in broccoli that would prevent cancer in the eighth grade, um, which you know, we can talk about. But I like looking at the whole body, and I think from an orthopedic standpoint as well, we have to think about the whole body. And what I mean by this, Max, is a knee injury isn't just a knee injury. You need to look at how the person walks. You need to look at their foot. You need to see if their arch is collapsing. You need to check out their hips. And all the muscles have to function properly, and they have to function in balance. And if you just think you're going to fix one thing, well, you're probably overlooking many parts of the problem. So that's why, like, for example, when I see patients who have concussion, um, their visual system like mine was very thrown off. And if I just treated the base of their skull where the brainstem intersects with, uh, the spinal, um, with the spinal column and I miss how the shoulders pull on the base of the neck and on the upper cervical vertebrae, I'm really not doing the patient a disservice. So you have to kind of look at things all together. And often sometimes, even though I'm an MD, I will do some manipulation. Sometimes even by manipulating specific areas in the neck and shoulders, you can actually cause some immediate improvement in neurological issues from concussion, which is really neat to see. So where I have patients that they can't even track your finger, you do a few simple maneuvers and that changes drastically very, very quickly. Um, and makes people's ability to focus and concentrate better almost instantaneously in some cases, which is really a, a nice thing to do for someone. That's amazing. So, what do you mean they can't track your finger with their eyes? Yeah, because the brainstem needs to coordinate activity between the body and the visual cortex. And 
if there's damage from a whiplash or head injury, often that coordination's impaired. And that impairment um, will give a person a an inability to track your finger or to follow like in a rapid finger to nose type of exercise where I move my finger all around and I have the patient go from my finger to their nose using their finger. And often these patients who are concussed, can't, they fail the test, test miserably. They miss my finger time after time after time and I move it very slowly. I give them an opportunity to try to to try to touch it, but they can't coordinate the movement. And a lot of that's from damage in the upper cervical spine and the base of the skull. And even sometimes from some realignment in this area um, with you know, gentle manipulation, which could be you know, possibly be done even by a chiropractor who knows things like this, um, um, or maybe a skilled osteopath, you can get some of their visual coordination to actually return to normal very, very quickly. That's super interesting. Yeah. I've it's seen almost like magic. It's really, it's really cool. Wow. Yeah. I, I, the, the, I think those, um, those, t those are, that test is also used to, uh, assist in the diagnosis of certain types of dementia. Um, which is very, that, very interesting. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Um, but obviously, um, you know, dementia has many, many uh, aspects to it, you know, that are devastating to people. So, yeah, you know, impacts people in an entirely different way as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, one of the things with people with dementia, they certainly have difficulty following commands as well. So it's true. This is yeah, this is a little bit different to where people actually can't coordinate their physical activity. Wow. So how then is platelet rich plasma harvested? What do you, do you uh, have to do a blood draw? Like what does that process look like? Yeah, exactly. So you do it, you see, so you do a blood draw and, um, you know, in our laboratory, we basically separate the blood into layers uh, through, you know, using medical devices and centrifugation and things like that. And then under sterile conditions, you know, you pull out the different growth factors that you want out of the blood. Uh, we usually remove most of the blood itself because you don't want that because it can be very irritating. Um, but a little bit of blood has a few growth factors in there that may be beneficial. So we use a little bit at times in certain cases. And you extract out the growth factors and you're left with a vial of serum and you take the serum and have to target the damaged areas. And like I said, this is something that, you know, you really need your, you know, physical examination skills, Max, in order to know where to pinpoint this type of treatment. Because again, you know, if you're going to use it like cortisone, just think that one shot in one area is going to solve everything. It doesn't. It doesn't. You really have to take a very, you know, systematic approach to things in order to get good results with something like this. Of course. So, what types of injuries is me. it? Is it most commonly used for? So, you know, I mean, I'm very fortunate that I've seen a lot of patients over the years and you know, some patients are pro athletes of all different sports, whether it's you know, hockey or football or, um, or Olympic gymnasts or whatnot. Um, so, you know, we usually see people who have sports injuries, whether that could be uh, anything from a groin pull to a rotator cuff tear to meniscal injuries and then generally, you know, the elderly people or people even in their 40s and 50s come in more with chronic back pain and chronic neck pain. Um, but we use this for literally most types of joint problems that are due to some type of degeneration. Uh, you know, it could be anything from a tennis elbow to a foot problem to a thumb problem. So um, all these things can potentially be treated if you you know, examine the patient properly and make sure that they're the right candidate for this type of treatment. I'm just curious, do you, does insurance pay for it? Well, that's the sad part, that many insurances um, do not cover it and they see it as experimental, which is a shame because I've been doing these treatments for over 20 years. I can tell you they are not experimental or else I, would, I wouldn't be able to be in practice. No one would come to me if we didn't have results. So... 
but many insurances have not covered it. There are some nowadays that have started to cover it. Um, and very interestingly enough, even though I can't obviously guarantee that anyone will get paid um, by using these types of things, um, there are some religious organizations that have health sharing and some of the health sharing patients who come to me um, have gotten a reimbursement for their full procedures um, because quite frankly, like a stem cell procedure on their spine, if they have spinal issues and nerve damage, um, is going to cost a whole lot less than what the health sharing organization is going to pay for the neurosurgical procedure and the hospitalization and the anesthesia and all the therapy that's needed afterwards and perhaps going to a, a long-term care facility and God forbid if there's a complication and then if the patient needs more epidurals afterwards. So so what we provide um, is a lot less expensive than all those procedures and much safer and often giving the patients results when either they want to avoid those procedures or they've been through those procedures. So some companies have started to come around and um, and provide reimbursement max for these people, um, which, you know, it's nice because, you know, it helps, you know, everyone that comes in, then they tell, you know, their friends or the constituents about it and they have more and more people come. And, and because this is still seen as a new form of medicine, even though it's been done for years, um, the health sharing organizations actually interview my patients and follow them along. You know, that my patients are their members and um, are following them along and learning what kind of outcomes can, can be developed from these procedures that, that help the patient. So the, so the health sharing organization becomes more interested as well as you know, not only a, a, um, a way to help their members, but also a way for them to save medical cost. So, so it's a win-win situation in those in those people, which is wonderful. But unfortunately, I think that the um, the lack of coverage, like for someone like me, it was a tragedy because I had never heard about this until I researched this myself. And why did I have to suffer for 10 years needlessly with my chronic pain and my headaches and everything else? And why did I live in misery when if someone would have known about these types of procedures, they could have helped me? And that's why I've dedicated my life to helping people who have these issues and problems and getting them better. I'm just curious, is it, is it um, primarily for uh, collagenous injury? I don't know if I'm using the proper terminology, but is it like, can it be used for, you know, musculoskeletal or is it, you know, is it, would it work better with like a disc or a cartilage injury? Um, we treat all kinds of problems. So the answer is yes. Wow. It's, be it's better for most things as long as, like I said, as long as you select your patient properly and you, and you treat properly. Um, but, you know, I've seen people with all kinds of problems, whether it's meniscal tears. And we actually published the first study where we had a patient scoped, their knee was scoped. They looked at the meniscal tear. Nothing was done. We performed a stem cell procedure on the meniscus and follow-up PRP procedures. The patient was scoped nine months later, and this is a guy who's 57 years old um, who wanted to get back into skiing. He was re-scoped, and the meniscus was completely healed. And this patient was able to resume all of the physical activities that he had loved doing, including skiing and hiking and everything else. And um, it was the first time ever that we've been able to show how tissues can regenerate in meniscus, in a, basically in a tissue that does not have a very good blood supply. But if we supply the healing and the nutrients into the area, you can actually make the body heal it, which is really cool. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, that's one of the reasons why um, disc injuries in the lower back are so treacherous because they don't have a, for the same reason, right? They don't have a blood supply. Well, I think we have a few issues here. Number one, the disc does not have a good blood supply. In addition to that though, it really is up to the skill of the clinician in order to figure out if someone has discogenic pain or not, hmm. because many, many people 
will have herniated discs on MRIs. In fact, 60% of people over 60 years old will have a herniated disc, but may, will have no symptoms of it. So you need to figure out who has symptoms of a disc, who does not have symptoms of a disc. And it kind of gets back, Max, to what I was talking about before, where you need to look at the whole body. So if you have someone who has a disc issue, you have to think about what's causing it. And often the structure of the spine itself is failing and is letting that disc have too much pressure on it. And if you have improper mechanics, and let's say a tilt in the pelvis um, and damage to the sacroiliac joint, then too much pressure is being placed upon that disc. So um, again, getting back to MRIs and science and things like that, I've actually treated patients, have not injected into their disc whatsoever, but have rebuilt the structure around their spine, repeated their MRI, and have seen the disc actually be able to resorb and the joint space improve. Wow, that is fascinating. Yeah, it's really neat to see. And obviously the patient's symptoms go away completely as well, which is really the most important part of, of what we do. That's awesome. I might have to come, I might have to come and see you as a patient. Um, I'd be more than happy to take care of you. Injury aside, I live in, well, I live near Hollywood. I live in Los Angeles and, uh, everybody in LA is looking for the latest, um, and greatest fountain of youth. And so mm -hmm. I've actually sort of, I've heard of PRP previously because people seem to be into it for anti-aging purposes. Yeah, people use it for their skin and um, for their hair because, you know, growth factors promote growth. So, again, if someone knows how to treat it, use it properly, um, you know, you can make wrinkles improve and get the skin tighter and make people look brighter and all those fun things. So, um, you know, it's something that, you know, it's been called like the vampire facelift. And, uh, again, if it's done properly – it has results for people. Since I, you know, primarily practice orthopedics, um, you know, I really don't do a lot of cosmetic things, but I have patients often that have asked me to do them, and we will do them. And if you inject the PRP actually under the skin, I found that that works best um, because you can get it into the damaged area in the collagen and get the tissue to regrow and regenerate. And the patients who have had it are very happy with it. Well, I, just, I, I bring it up because I feel like it's a good, it's a great way to transition to um, nutrition and ways mm -hmm. that listeners can uh, boost stem cell pools in their own body um, mm -hmm. for anti-aging and anti-inflammatory purposes. Uh, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, so I'd love to switch gears and talk a little bit about sure. that. Um, I know that you're a huge advocate of magnesium um, mm -hmm. and... Uh, and things like green tea. So yeah, if we could just sort of yes. dive into that, like what, what can Absolutely. listeners take uh, away from what we've already um, discussed and, mm -hmm. uh, and maybe if there's like a nutritional angle that we can talk about. Sure. So listen, so we are, I hate to go to the old adage, we really are what we eat and what we drink. And the whole body is basically going to be governed with Inflammation versus anti-inflammation. And your body, like I said, does need some inflammation in some areas to do some vital things. But too much of it leads to aging and destruction. And this really applies to so many diseases, whether it's cancer prevention or heart disease prevention or arthritis prevention or stroke prevention or even just looking your best any of these things, it's going to come down to what your balance is of inflammation versus anti-inflammation. And as I mentioned, you know, when I was in eighth grade, I learned about a chemical compound in broccoli called isothiocyanates. And um, a lot of people have known about these types of cruciferous vegetables, and they contain compounds in there that are anti-cancer in nature. And they're anti-cancer in nature because they help to modulate inflammation and modulating inflammation helps to keep the body in a good homeostasis to where the tissues don't break down, your DNA is not breaking down, and your cells are staying healthy. And there's many, many, many ways of doing this. 
whether it's number one, providing excellent hydration, not becoming dehydrated, keeping your mineral levels high, um, eating proper foods, which would mean you know limiting your fried foods, limiting your sugar, really eliminating your processed foods, um, and eating a lot of healthy foods, which would be, you know, I think free nuts as long as you're not allergic, uh, avocado, which has good fats, salmon and other fish, which have good fats and good protein, some other lean proteins, uh, grass-raised um, red meats also, you know, while we shouldn't eat too much of them, but still the grass-fed ones have more of the good fatty acids in them, lots of vegetables, lots of leafy green vegetables, lots of root vegetables, um, staying away from too much, um, you know, white sugar, white flour, white breads, things like that, things that turn into sugar. Um, you know, the more we avoid that, stay with the healthy stuff, keep our body hydrated, um, the better that everything does, whether that's, you know, you mentioned Alzheimer's, whether that's your mental concentration, your mental stamina, um, even prevention of, of these issues and, um, just staying on the, on the track with Alzheimer's, which is a devastating, devastating disease. Um, you know, avoiding a sugar, a high sugar diet can help to prevent the expression of a specific gene. And this gene, um, in the body, if you have it, it's called the ApoE4 allele. And it's something that anyone can get tested for, um, especially if you have a family history of Alzheimer's, which I do, and I know I have the ApoE4 allele. If you don't eat a lot of sugar, ApoE4 doesn't get activated and doesn't cause problems. So you can actually modify your genes and change your destiny of what your ancestry is. So you don't have to fall into the same pitfalls as your parents or your grandparents. I love that message. Yeah, you can really, you can drive your own destiny if you make the right choices. You absolutely can, yeah. And one in four people listening to this are carriers of at least one copy of the APOE4 allele. Right. That's correct. And some like myself, you know, carry more than one copy. Uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah, that and that, you know, increases your relative risk, you know, about 14 fold if I'm, if I'm. Uh, that's correct citing that that figure correctly but um but again you know these are not deterministic genes genes are not destiny uh no they're not in uh particularly in regard to this apoe4 allele which actually many dr greenberg i don't know if you're if you are familiar um or how familiar rather you are with my work but a lot of my listeners are very interested in brain health so i'm glad that you touched on the apoe4 uh allele um when we Chatted. I know, by the way, you've had David Amen, which does some fascinating work. Yeah. Some interesting stuff. Love it. Yeah, it's a super important topic. Um, when we had our call prior to recording this interview, you mentioned a few nutraceuticals in particular um, for their ability to, I guess, boost stem cells or boost, do they boost mm-hmm. platelets? I don't know. In particular, green tea, curcumin, and vitamin D were mentioned, if we could talk right. about these three. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, green tea is, everyone knows, is a really powerful antioxidant. Uh, there's a lot of studies showing it that it helps to prevent cancers, especially breast cancers, um, have been studied with green tea. Um, and, you know, in regards to stem cell production, it's kind of the same type of thing to where um, reducing oxidative stress on the body helps the bone marrow work better. Just very, very simple. Um, curcumin is also an anti-inflammatory, but affects different pathways than green tea does. And curcumin is a spice, um, found in a lot of different Indian foods. It can actually be useful for arthritis and, um, dementia prevention and cancer. Um, again, because these systems that we talk about, Max, really are systems. So we may think that each nutraceutical may attack one part of body, but they probably have effects all over the body. So while you're helping your brain, you probably are doing things that help your joints and help your heart and help your blood vessels and help your lungs. So 
you know, I, even though we try to target where these things are most effective, they probably have an effect all over the body. Just like you mentioned vitamin D. Um, vitamin D um, actually helps to fight viruses. And since we're in this COVID epidemic, one thing that's been looked at is actually vitamin D levels in COVID patients. And the ones who have had the lowest levels of vitamin D have had the highest rates of mortality. So vitamin D you know, may help fight viruses. It's been looked at with colds and flus before. Vitamin D is also really important for hormone synthesis. And getting back to the anti-aging um, concepts, hormone synthesis and keeping your hormones produced at, a, at the highest level that's naturally possible you know, is something that vitamin D helps with. So, you know, you want to keep your hormone synthesis going and you can't do it without vitamin D. You can't, as I said, fight viruses without vitamin D. And vitamin D is going to help you, um, again, with your stem cell production because of how the enzymes um, that are related to vitamin D work. So, um so that's, you know, why I think it's a really important nutrient in addition to helping with bone health and, and some of the things that we're a little bit more familiar with. So, so I think it's really important for patients. Yeah, super important. And especially, you know, where, I mean, right now we're obviously we're in the throes of the, the, the Black Lives Matters movement. And, um, mm -hmm. and I think it's worth bringing up because we're talking about vitamin D that people of color seem to be at higher risk for morbidity and mortality in regard to COVID-19. And they're right. also at higher risk for vitamin D deficiency. And the reason That's for correct. that is very simple. It's that melanin is nature's sunscreen. And so for people who right. have darker complexions, you need to spend more time in the sun or you should at least, at the very least, consider strongly a, a vitamin D supplement. And everybody yes. you know, is at risk for vitamin D deficiency in a world where you know, today we spend 93% of our time indoors. Um, right. but, but I think this is particularly important for people with darker complexions. You know, I think that's a great point. And um, I think it's really important. And not only, you know, vitamin D, but you want to take, you know, vitamin K along with vitamin D because they have some synergistic effects. And just to get back to your point about um, being dark complected, um, I had some patients who have come from Caribbean islands and um, for treatment for arthritis, and we checked their vitamin D levels, and they've often been very, very low, like some of the lowest I've seen. And um, it's really important, you know, to take vitamin D. And I would personally recommend a vitamin D3 as well, because that's the uh, natural form. It's more activated, more absorbed than the synthetic forms, uh, which would be probably more vitamin D2 in most cases. Are synthetic. I prefer the the natural vitamin D three for patients. Yeah. Do you have like just a, a blanket dose, or is it you know patient? It differs patient to patient. Well, some of it's patient specific, but I mean most people can very comfortably start out with at least a thousand IU's, but some patients may need up to ten thousand IU's um, in order to obtain a healthy level in their body. Uh, healthy levels are are debated, but um, you know the lab standards are a level over thirty. And some practitioners think that a level over 60 is more beneficial um, for cancer prevention and heart disease prevention and, um, you know, and bone strength and everything else. So, um, you know, it's often that, you know, higher levels than the RDA are needed in order to obtain a more optimal level for your body. So... You know, where RDA levels are often more of a minimal level that's recommended for health. So there's a difference between minimal levels and optimal levels. So optimum might be over 40, not necessarily over 30. So, but when I see a patient who has a level of 17, I get concerned. Yeah. I strive to keep my um, levels within a range of 40 to 60 nanograms per, per milliliter. And I don't check very often, but uh, I try to spend as much time in the sun as I can without burning. And, um, and I do on days that I am not, uh, you know, or weeks rather where I'm not really spending, getting that much time in the sun. I'll take the, I'll take the supplement. I take about 5,000 I use, um, of, D, of D3. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to switch. And, and the nice thing, by the way, is that vitamin D is fat soluble, meaning that it builds up in your body 
So, you know, you don't have to check your levels all the time because once you kind of get homeostasis and you're on a uh, consistent dose and you know where you are, you're probably not going to fluctuate a tremendous amount. So. Yeah, so true. It's like the B vitamins that you need to replenish every day um, or salt that you need to replenish every day or even what we talked about with magnesium, like you're going to lose a lot more of those minerals from your body, um, you know, whether it's exercise uh, or just general consumption, um, your body use, uses more electrolytes. So you have to worry about replenishing them more, Max, than you do, um, you know, something like vitamin D3, you know, on a, on a consistent basis. That's a great point. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we don't have a, t a ton of time left, but I do want to talk about hydration. Uh, yes. I've talked about my, my love for Halo Sport in the past on the podcast. In fact, I had one of the founders, Robin, on my podcast previously. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I drink a bottle every time I finish the sauna because, I mean, it not only has you know a, a decent dose of sodium, which is important. You lose sodium when you're sitting in a sauna, but it also has magnesium. Right. Um, so... Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. I know that you... So let me ask you a question. So yeah. I know when we had our discussion, I mentioned that you might even be able to have more efficient use of the sauna if you drank one of the halos before you went in also in order to give your body better hydration and prepare your body for the sauna. Did you find that to be useful? Actually, um, yeah. I, I did not realize that. So um, to, to, to the listeners... Dr. Greenberg told me the last time that we chatted, I, I love getting into a sauna and just sweating. I love to sweat because I know that in sweating, you're purging, you know, various toxins. And um, and Dr. Greenberg, you, you, you said that to sweat more, you have to not just hydrate, you know, after you get out of the sauna, but drink a lot of water before you get in. And I thought that was yes. super cool. So I've started doing that. And yeah, I think I've, I've noticed that I'm actually like sweating more. Uh, sweating more, which is great. Yeah, and you know, a lot of us really are in a little bit of a state of dehydration at times, and we don't realize it. And often, just having water itself, while that may give us fluid, it's often not giving us the minerals and the electrolytes that we need in order for our body to function. And, you know, I'm a guy, you know, like I said, thank God I was able to repair my body. But with that, I love sports and I love activity. I love doing everything from surfing to skiing to biking to mountain biking to boxing. I love all those things. And often, you know, if I'm not paying attention, Max, I'll start to get like a lot of muscle aches and feel kind of run down, you know, from a, from a, a fitness standpoint. And often I have to pump myself up with some, some electrolytes and some halo and put it into my system. And usually you start to feel better pretty quickly afterwards because, you know, even though I drink plenty of water, when you don't have all those active nutrients in your body, you don't have enough magnesium, you know, your muscles start to cramp up and uh, they don't fire properly and you just don't feel like you should feel after a hard workout. Yeah. And, um, I just, I mean, I love anything that's going to help you feel good when you're, when you're working out. Um, but also to sweat more. I just, I just thought it was so interesting and intuitive and yet something that I had overlooked that, you know, it, it just makes total sense that your body has these homeostatic mechanisms. And if you're not super well hydrated before getting into a sauna, your, your body's probably going to do whatever it can do to conserve water. Right. It'll try to conserve water, but also through your sweat, you're going to lose electrolytes. Yeah. And if you lose too much sodium or potassium or magnesium, then all the essential functions of your body, whether it's, you know, blood vessel regulation or heart rhythm regulation or um, your production of enzymes in your um, and your cellular systems don't work without your electrolytes. Your nervous system doesn't function properly. That's why even something like magnesium, one of the reasons why I love it, it's useful for so many different things. You know, while it's useful for, you know, muscle pains and muscle spasms, if you take a lot of magnesium at night, it helps to relax you so you can sleep. And you can't sleep without magnesium. So, you know, one mineral is so important to be 
um, to be at, at an optimal level in your body. And if you don't have it, it's just not going to function right. Yeah, I love that Halo Sport has magnesium in it. It's also organic, and it, unlike uh, most of the sports drinks that I've seen, um, it doesn't have, I mean, it has a negligible amount of sugar that I think comes only from like fresh squeezed uh, lemon juice. It's sweetened with stevia. Um, why do so many sport drinks have sugar? And do we need, you know, there's like this, I think this common dogma that you've got to like have sugar after a workout. Is that, is that not necessarily the case? It's, it's really not the case. And, you know, all you're doing is, you know, adding to inflammation. Um, you, you know, if you eat a healthy diet, it's really not necessary to take all of this extra sugar into your body. I, I don't agree with it. Um, you know, granted, let's say someone's going on, you know, a 40 mile bike ride. There will become a point where you deplete your body's glycogen. And yes, you do need sugar in order to function. But we're not doing, you know, marathons or 40 mile bike rides every day. So, um, you know, sugar is needed for extreme exercise. But, you know, for your average person who's exercising, taking in sugar is only preventing weight loss and adding to inflammation. So I'm not a big fan of a lot of these common sport drinks, not only from the sugar standpoint, um, but also the fact that they have a lot of artificial colors in them and, and you know, artificial colors aren't necessarily the best thing for, for nervous system function. Um, and, you know, the artificial flavorings and everything else that's used, you know, really trick the body. So having a lot of sugar spikes your insulin level Having more insulin in your body actually spikes inflammation. And as I mentioned before, inflammation um, is really the starting point of most degenerative diseases in the body, whether that's cancer, heart disease, strokes, diabetes, arthritis, they're neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's. They are all related to a high amount of inflammation. So we really want to mitigate that as much as possible and really watch our diet. And, you know, people think because it's a beverage and they're consuming it that it's not as important. Well, you know what? You keep on drinking that sugar down. It's such an easy way to pack on calories and it's a way to pack on fat. And, um, you know, even from a weight loss standpoint, if you think about it this way, it takes 3,500 calories to gain a pound, and it takes 3,500 calories to lose a pound. So if you drink, Max, one of these sugar beverages every day, okay, and the average one has, say, you know, because the serving sizes are often skewed as well, but let's say the average one you're drinking is about 200 calories. Sounds fair, right? Mm -hmm. A soda's more. Soda might be like 240 calories. For a 20 ounce soda. Um, but let's say your sport beverage has, you know, 200 calories for argument's sake. So do the math in 13 days, you've gained a pound. If you drink one of these beverages every day and you don't need those extra calories. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's very true. I kind of have a funny way of looking at, um, empty cal the, the consumption of empty calories. Every, Every single empty calorie that I'm consuming is yet another calorie that isn't being sucked out of my own fat tissue. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's true. I mean, that's like a kind of a weird, you know, and maybe somewhat dysfunctional way to, to, to think about it. But I mean, for, as you mentioned, for most people, unless you're a, a competitive athlete, you're working out and you're burning calories. And that's an amazing thing to, to just load the empty calories back into the system after doing that is just very defeatist. I think it I certainly mean, is. Yeah. It's defeatist. And in the long run, it's actually harmful. So the other interesting thing, actually, and I'm sure you're very aware of this. If you take 200 calories of pecans and you take 200 calories in a soda, the way that the body uses it is actually very different. And the 200 calories of soda get processed like 250 calories. The way that the, the 200 calories of nut gets processed is more equivalent to, say, 150 calories. 
So even though what's on the plate looks identical in regards to this caloric content, the way that the body uses it is actually very different. And the soda, again, it just is more fuel to the fire of how it can be not the most healthy option for you. So we're eating something that's healthy, helps your body function in a different way. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, Halo Sport has uh, agreed to do something really cool for listeners that um, that want to go and grab a case. I, I love this stuff. And it does come in plastic bottles. Uh, and they are actually in the process of, I think, swapping out the plastic for something else. I don't yet know. But in any case, the reason why they're in plastic is because plastic is just very safe. It doesn't break. It's a sports drink after all. Um, if you want to head, if you want to try, uh, Halo Sport, you can head over to halosport.com, um, H-A-L-O sport.com and mention code max when you're ordering. And for every purchase you make, this is so cool. Dr. Greenberg, Halo Sport agreed to donate a case to NYU Langone Medical Center in New York, which is a hospital that I picked because that's a hospital that, um, I lived across the street from and I used to take my mom to. Uh, when I lived in New York. So it's super cool. Um, That's great. Such a nice thing to do. Yeah, they're giving they're giving them to the first responders there that are working um, with, I mean, I guess emergency care um, at, mm-hmm. at NYU Langone. So halosport.com, mention code max, and they've got all kinds of like amazing flavors. I'm a huge fan. Um, I'm a big, I like the pineapple myself. Do you? Yeah, I love it. I, like I drink, that. I mean, I drink a bottle. Uh, we didn't even get to talk about saunas, but I drink a bottle um, after every sauna that I, that I do I'm very lucky. I've got yeah. a sauna sauna in my house. Wouldn't it great be great max if every organization like gave back and tried to make the world a better place. You know, it was funny. Like today I was talking to one of my patients who's a baseball player and we're talking about the, you know, what's going on now with you know them not being able to come to an agreement. And I said, you know what, why can't they just, I mean, these guys, you know, I'm, I don't uh, begrudge them, but they make tremendous amounts of money, you know, the owners and the players. Like if there's really an argument, why can't they split the difference in their salaries or whatever it is they want to get paid and give the remainder of this difference to the food banks, to the people that are hungry throughout America, to the people who haven't had jobs and, you know, stand in food lines. Like why don't they go and support a greater cause than themselves? And, you know, that's one thing I really would like to see more of in, you know, the local and national community. I'm right there with you. I couldn't agree more. I love the one for one sort of business model. It, 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 it builds benevolence into the bottom line, which is, uh, I think, an important way to do business, especially, you know, these days. I agree. And that's why, you know, I love that companies like Halo donate to hospitals because they donate the hospital where I work at as well. And you know, I think that's really an important thing to do. And something that sits very well with me. True that. Well, Dr. Greenberg, we're we're almost out of time. Um, I uh, I would love to be able to direct listeners to. I don't know if you're on social media or if you have a website yes. or if you have books out. I mean, where can listeners connect with you and um, do a deeper dive into your work? So we do have a website. It's greenbergregen.com. And Greenberg is G-R-E-E-N-B-E-R-G, Regen, R-E-G-E-N. So it's basically Greenberg Regenerative Medicine. Or you can also look for me on Facebook or we do put some stuff on Instagram, even though it's, a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not you know quite into TikTok yet. Like, you know, I did a TikTok video with um, with my daughter, um, but we, we will put some things up on Instagram and we have a health newsletter people can sign up on the Greenberg Regen website. And if they like us on Facebook on Greenberg Regen as well, you know, we try to send out some interesting articles and I'll make some videos of some different perspectives on things to help people and to kind of give them some tips on, you know, whatever the current situation is, whether it's COVID or general health tips or orthopedic issues or how to stay healthy um, or, um, you know, something we're sponsoring this month for mental health. Um, you know, different things in order to try to make the world a better place. I love that. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. And this was uh, definitely um, enlightening. There's, I feel like there we covered so many topics that I just can't wait to uh, to further research. So thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Uh, I just have one last question. And that's a question sure. that, that gets asked to everybody that's on this podcast. What does it mean to you to live a genius life? 
to me, to live a genius life means to always think about something and not just go by whatever the dogma is. I think that we need to be independent in our thoughts. I think we need to be analyzing both sides of a story. And you can take this for medical information. You can take it for your everyday relationships, whether it's with your spouse or with your friends. I think we have to look at all sides of a story, all sides of the information, and be able to use our our brain in order to come up with what we think is the proper way or proper answer and lead the genius life by that. I couldn't agree more. You know, it, I've heard it said that you are the easiest person to delude. And so I think it's important to um, to just recognize that, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, yes. to, and to always seek the truth and to be willing to challenge your assumptions and your beliefs. Uh, and, and, you know, yeah, like you said, couldn't I can't say it any better. Um, so appreciate Dr. that. Yeah. Thanks for being here. I, um, it's my pleasure. It's a lot of fun. I'm glad to all you guys out there in podcast land. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your time and attention. You know, this, uh, take a moment, please spread the word about the genius life. Share this episode of the show on your social media, on your Instagram. If you tag me, I will repost it. Um, if I see it, I promise text me, let me know what you thought about this episode, or if you have any questions, uh, if you live in the U.S. or Canada, 310-299-9401. And um, yeah, I'll catch you on the next episode. Peace, guys. Peace.